Welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast and our IoT Explained series. My name is Ryan Chacon. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of IoT for All. And on this episode, we talk about all the different connectivity options you have when building an IoT solution. So when it comes to connecting the Internet of Things, there's an overwhelming number of options. Cellular, satellite, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, RFID, NFC, LPWAN, and Ethernet are all possible ways to connect a sensor or device. And within these options, there can be different providers. For example, in cellular, there's T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, the list goes on, right? So if you're simply interested in IoT and how it works, it's nearly impossible to sift through the dense articles to get the basic understanding of all the different connectivity options you have in IoT. So we're going to work on this episode to kind of summarize them and present them to you in a somewhat digestible way. So the main thing that comes into mind when we're talking about connecting the Internet of Things is that there's a big trade-off between power consumption, range, and bandwidth. The perfect connectivity option would consume extreme little power, have huge range, and will be able to transmit large amounts of data, high bandwidth, but unfortunately, this perfect connectivity option does not exist. So the reason there are so many different connectivity options is because they all have a different trade-off between power consumption, range, and bandwidth. So this allows us to segment the various connectivity options into three major groups. The first one is high power consumption, high range, and high bandwidth. To wirelessly send a lot of data over great distance, it takes a lot of power. A great example of this is your smartphone. Your phone can receive and transmit large amounts of data, for example a video, over great distances, but you need to charge it every one to two days. Connectivity options in this group include cellular and satellite. Cellular is used when the sensor or device is within coverage of the cell towers. For sensors or devices that are, let's say, in the middle of the ocean, satellite comes into play. All right, let's talk about the second group. Low power consumption, low range, and high bandwidth. To decrease power consumption and still send a lot of data, you have to decrease the range. Connectivity options in this group include Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and Ethernet. Now, Ethernet is a hardwired connection, so the range is short because it's only as far as the wire is long. Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are both wireless connections with high bandwidth and low power consumption compared to cellular or satellite. However, as I'm sure you're experienced with just walking around your home, the range can be very limited. And now on to the third group, low power consumption, high range, and low bandwidth. To increase range while maintaining low power consumption, you have to decrease the amount of data that you're sending. Connectivity options in this group are called low power wide area networks, LPWAN, or LoRaWAN. LPWANs send small amounts of data, which allows them to operate at a very low power with ranges in miles rather than feet. For example, a moisture sensor for agriculture purposes doesn't need to send a lot of data perhaps just a single number, the moisture level, every few hours. You also don't want this sensor to consume a lot of power because it needs to run on battery. Plugging it into an outlet in the middle of the field just isn't realistic. And since agriculture covers usually a pretty wide area, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth lack the range. LPWANs are extremely useful for many IoT applications. They allow tons of sensors to collect and send data over broad areas while lasting years on battery life. Although they can't send much data, most sensors don't need to. However, these kind of applications often need IoT gateways to work. And we'll talk about IoT gateways in another episode. Now, hopefully now you have a pretty good idea of different options when it comes to connecting the Internet of Things. I know I left out RFID and NFC, but we'll try to cover those in another episode. The groupings that I talked about above are somewhat generalized, and within each, there are very diverse options with different pros and cons. However, these groupings is a helpful way to conceptualize connecting the Internet of Things and why there are so many options. It all comes down to a trade-off between power consumption, range, and bandwidth. 
So as always, thanks again for listening to this IoT Explained episode on the IoT for All podcast. We hope you found it valuable. If there are other common topics, phrases, or questions that you want us to cover, just let us know, either in the comments, via email, or tweet us at IoT for All. We appreciate your time and are working very hard to continue to bring you value in every piece of content that we create. My only request is that if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating or review. It helps others find it and lets us know that you're a fan. Cheers.